Yeah, no one's ever asked about the band name. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin. Sapnin. You are listening to episode 137 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And I'm pretty excited for the amount of big, wiggly-style sassafras throughout this episode. That is the weirdest one. I'll give that. As puns go, that is the best use of the strange words that they use in lyrics and song titles. Yes, this week's guest is Mike Karanika of The Devil Wears Prada. Yes. Now, Mike Karanika has always been an interesting figure to me. Not only his work as a musician, but an author, hockey clothing enthusiast, and just what he offers artistically to metalcore and beyond. The Devil Wears Prada are one of those bands who mean a lot to my generation of heavy music lovers. It hasn't just always been about funny song titles and breakdowns, I do truly believe they've always tried to offer something different and 2019's album The Act definitely opened a lot of new doors for them. But this conversation is going to get deep and touch on so many of the bands and mics different aspects, sides and greater mentality all while we celebrate the release of their new Z2 EP which is a direct concept follow-up to their iconic cult classic Zombie EP released 11 years ago. The tracks sound absolutely huge, and I'm sure you can agree, Sean, that it takes a lot of bollocks to do something like that. Wow, I can't believe you used the word bollocks. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, we get really... We get into it with Mike about uh, Z2, or Z2, as it's known mm. in the UK. Because it truly, that's how we say it. So it's Z2. <laughs> I know they're going to say Z, and it's his record, but it's Z. Like everybody's favourite New York-based rapper, JZ. That's how we say it over here. But yeah, we get into it, Mike, and it was a really, really good chat that we had um, to talk all things The Devil Wears Prada, book writing, and yeah, as you said, clothing as well. Yeah, it was just a super, super interesting chat. 
and uh, yeah, I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud of this one. I think there's a lot of different sides to Mike you're going to hear throughout the episode. And as John said, we're just going to talk about everything from their back catalogue and the legacy of that original zombie EP to Mike's other artistic outlets, how Adam D from Killswitch Engage yeah. changed their lives forever. Books, poetry, dogs, ice hockey, traveling, we cover it all. And I even get a little cheeky and dig some dirt about a certain surprise he might be working on. So there's a lot to sink into. Yes, there is. Yes. Thank you very much to Mike. Um, thank you very much to the Devil Wears Prada. Thank you very much to their team for sorting this. Yeah, we had a lovely time. If you've got any ideas for future guests or questions you have, Please get in touch with us at Sappeninpod on Twitter and Instagram. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. And uh, yeah, give us a follow, give us a like. Please, please, please give us a share because it all helps. And you don't realise how much one retweet into your timeline might get somebody who's never checked us out before a chance to listen to us and then hopefully they will like it so uh yeah check us out at sapping pod on instagram and twitter and also if you've listened to four or more episodes of sapping podcast you owe it to yourselves <laughs> and us to join patreon.com forward slash sapping where we've made a whole community of absolutely beautiful people who are absolutely amazing and yeah we've got some things on our patreon uh to check out some behind the scenes interviews uh some interviews from the download pilot that we did uh some videos some photos yeah check it out patreon.com forward slash sapnin yes there's loads of extra bonus content over there and the community of people that get involved with it are absolutely fantastic you meet some new best friends and they open up about whole different things each and every day in the chat so if you need to make new friends if you need to talk to someone head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin and help us continue to create this absolute madness of a podcast but without any further ado let's just get straight into this wonderful conversation with mike aranica of the devil wears prada it's gonna get heavy it's gonna make you laugh let's have a good time woohoo planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sapnin! Sapnin! Sapnin, fellas. Thanks for happen, uh, having me. Shoot, gosh. <laughs> yes! No, thank you very much for giving us your time. Um, yeah, this week's guest is the fantastic Mike Horanica from the wonderful and heavier than ever, The Devil Wears Prada. Yes. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Just uh, real swamped. Um, just uh, just did a stream set uh, playing through Z2, our new EP and whatnot. So, uh, but I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 you exactly the same answer then, Mark. <laughs> I don't no. want to talk about our feelings. Yeah, that's, that's something. <laughs> but all the better for you joining us. So thank you, Mike, for taking the time. Um, I know you said you're swamped, and I can only imagine the level of really stress and how busy you are behind the scenes because not only do you have this new EP now but you always have 101 projects going on behind the scenes as well so I'm sure it's just busier than ever for you yeah yeah if I ever get in the slightest bit bored I get very anxious um so I'd rather be very stressed instead doing too many things all the time (laughs) it turns out that when there's the 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 reality of a pandemic i have no idea how to weigh my time and activities so um yeah you know it, it we've the band has joked as far as so it feels like it's this pandemic has been 10 years and then sometimes you're like holy smokes i feel like january was yesterday uh so yeah just just like everyone else just navigating the this situation yeah yeah, don't blame you. But how have you been over this kind of last 18 months with everything? I know you've got all these projects to keep you busy and uh, the father to two dogs as well. That seems to get a lot of love on Instagram. But what else has been um, occupying your time? How, how have you been behind the scenes? You know, I thought you almost said father of two children. I'm like, I don't know where you're sourcing. But just... Yeah, you could have gone, but wait, beforehand, you said you weren't going to do that. No, I, don't I, I don't have any children. I thought you were going to tell me I do, and that that's scary. What? Uh, that, that's a different podcast altogether. Yeah, I mean. yeah somewhere else, some other place. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, like I said, I being busy uh, is good for me for the most part trying to maintain maintain any kind of balance of control but uh the dogs are doing well they're sleeping on the bed upstairs and um yeah i uh you know i've i've had some days are much better than others in terms of the the span of the pandemic but um i'm uh, i'm grateful to have received both my vaccinations last month and just trying to keep healthy trying to you know, this is the longest I've ever gone as far as not being on the road since the, my my accidental career uh, began. Um, so actually taking the, the very uh, intentional time to work on mental health and uh, figure some things out that I've never slowed down enough for in terms of being a teenager, playing in a band, 
half my lifetime ago. So yeah, just trying to make the most of it. I'm, I would never really consider myself an overly optimistic person, but uh, trying to actually consciously choose happiness on a day-to-day level rather than just being the old cranky curmudgeon that I, I often tend to be. So, um, What? You can do that? Oh, I, oh I, I'm going to change my whole fucking life. No, this is going to be something absolute. Yeah. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. You mentioned like, um, yeah, doing stuff to strengthen your mental health. Is there anything in particular do you do? You do? Is there any like meditation? Is there breathing exercises or anything you... You know, I, I think it's, it's a lot just being, being present on a daily basis rather than saying like, oh, you know, like let's say we're recording this a few weeks ago and say like, oh, I'm recording a stream for Z2 with the boys in a few weeks and like basically saying like my, my life is meaningless until a few weeks from then when I'm actually recording a stream or actually um, doing something cool for Prada. But instead being being in the day and being like, hey, you know, today there's nothing happening, but that doesn't mean, you know, I can choose happiness and choose to exist in the moment and, and have a laugh with my friends over text message or um, whatever it might be. So it's mostly that I, I know that meditation would go a long way for me, but <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I had actually made a very real and positive effort at it. I always get to... Mm too bouncy and distracted but maybe maybe one day i'll actually make the effort yeah i'm um i'm sure i've got add adhd so yeah me me trying to fucking focus and meditate i, I <laughs> yeah I, I can hear fuck somehow i can like hear birds from fucking 700 miles away and i'm like oh oh that's it oh no shut the fuck up and go back to what the fuck i was trying to do like it's just mad so yeah no I, i'm completely with you on that yeah, it's it's FOMO. It's very real FOMO as far as fear of missing out. I I laughed at it when I first heard that term, but now I'm like, oh, <laughs> I have it. Like that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But at least there is a lot of things for you to get excited about and work your mind towards. And we've got to talk about the Devil Wears Prada's brand new EP Z2. Um, of course, this is really a follow up to a fan favorite and cult release of the zombie EP you put out 11 years ago. Talk us through the process of following up on such a iconic release for the band now all these years later. Was it a conscious decision that you wanted to go down this route? Is it being something that in the works for a while? What's the uh, backstory and everything behind it? Yeah, we there really wasn't a lot of... Actually, I don't think there was any talks of it primarily in that we've been so excited on our last record, the act, which came out towards the end of 2019. And then, you know, early we toured that we were overseas with Sherry from the path, having a great time finishing off 2019, 2020 was off to an amazing start here in the States touring. And then we got shut down. So really all of our effort, our just mindset, brain space, whatever you want to call it was uh, completely surrounding the act And then when we got shut down, it was like, what can we really do? Like the the streams became a more real thing and we put those together and we've done now three stream sets as far as, you know, trying to highlight the act and some of the songs that we're so proud of off that release. But when, with the initial shutdown, it was Kyle's idea to do a, a seven inch around the zombie EP and basically just write two more 
new songs and release it as you know an a uh, a b a, a couple singles and press it that was a, a i don't know how early it was you know we got sent off a tour in march i don't know if that was april or may but we like everyone thought we'd be back on the road in uh midsummer that was obviously not the situation here we are now and uh the way i've phrased it is just like like the pandemic the ep idea lengthened and we were like well i do two <laughs> songs let's do a, a proper ep again celebrating the the original as far as being 10 years out now 11 years out um celebrating the original but also having a very concerted effort at uh sort of recognizing and paying homage to the original but also commemorating where we're at now and the fact that we're so proud and excited to be who we are now as far as what the band lineup is and who's playing in the band between Giuseppe and Mason joining us more recently and um Z2 does all of that very uh very head on I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But especially being 15 years into the band now and having so many records released, it does seem that that original Zombie EP is something that your fans always had this kind of cult favoritism towards and really cemented a different side to the Devil's Whip Prada. So the fact that now that you get to celebrate it with an extra release and these new songs and a whole new EP, do you feel like there's a weird pressure in, in some sense because they've already created this kind of love fest between the original that a follow-up gives that a little bit more pressure or is it more fun no you're exactly right i mean i think the biggest hurdle kind of digesting and processing this idea like it no part of me when the band was like hey let's do more than just two songs was i like oh no that's a bad idea i was like yeah i'm in like I got time. I got time on my hands. Um, so yeah, I, I was. Yeah, all I can't. In. I can't. I can't. I'm too busy, guys. I'm too yeah. busy. Let me check my schedule. Oh no. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it, it was uh, um, the first thing in my mind was was the people nagging that would say, "Oh, the original's better. The original's better." And like, you know, it's funny. Is like, I, I try not to read comments regardless but i know that with the stream i've seen a lot of people complimenting me as far as like your voice is back your voice is back and i'm like what the fuck are you talking like where did my voice ever go <laughs> like that's the worst backhanded compliment ever um or like prada's heavy again and it's like listen listen to the thread from the act and tell me that prada is soft or something so yeah <laughs> I, I knew I knew that there would be people saying the original's better, the original's better, because for the last ten years, you know, you hear like, I wish so and so was still in the band and it was like so and so left chose to leave the band, you know, and like here's like better songwriting with this person in the band. But um yeah, you know, backhanded comment compliments or not. I, uh, I knew that people would want to make the comparison, but well, I've gone through the whole process under the same pretense um, based on our A&R at Solid State at the label, Adam, he said like, dude, it's just like Mad Max. He's like, the new Mad Max was so cool, but it was nothing like the original and it didn't take anything away from the original coolness of Mad Max. So I, I, I have visualized and perceived Z2 and Zombie 1 in the exact same sort of lens. And um, luckily enough, I really haven't, <laughs> again, I don't read, comments but i haven't really had any issues seeing people being like the original is better like the original was heavier and it's like it's not a 
competition. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you don't, these aren't two teams facing off here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think to your question, uh, it, it, it is fun. And I've, I've, I knew it would be fun, but there was definitely some level of recognition about how, how what the reception would be and needing the, you know, to some extent, you know, as an artist, you always want to try to defend, but as yeah. a human being, you wish to defend yourself <laughs> being totally chewed apart. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm the band, our group chats have just been like off the rails, excited with, with the reception. So we're, we're very jazzed. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's really good to you. And yeah, you're always going to get a couple of bell ends who are like, <laughs> play the old stuff. I only care about old stuff. And it's like, bro, that was fucking, that was 15 years ago. Like, <laughs> but yeah, chill out. Like, it's just, I don't get me wrong. When that EP probably came out the first time, that was probably the happiest time of your life. And I understand why you bust in to get it back. But here's the new EP and it's fucking super heavy. But yeah, it's, people in bands are always going to have those people who are like, I prefer the early stuff. And then, yeah, well, even, yeah, even my old band used to get it. And then you'd listen back and you'd go, you'd listen back to the old stuff and go, that's some of the worst recorded material I've ever heard in my life. What do you mean it's the best stuff? If that's the best stuff now, and we've been going for 10 years, why you, you could, you could see why my band fell apart. Um, <laughs> no, no, but I always find it interesting as well, because you still think like, you know, doing something like this is a bit more of a fun concept that you think, would honing a bit more to their feelings. It's not like you're taking away the original EP and yeah. shutting it delete, down. Delete the first <laughs> yeah. one's gone. Ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, at the same time, though, like, I guess the good thing about all of this is that we don't look back on Zombie One and be like, oh, that's an embarrassing moment. You know, like we, I, we haven't played anything from dear love our very first lp in quite a long while so it's like if if this was i think it would be a much harder conversation to have as far as like if we went back and recorded re-recorded dear love or re-recorded plagues or even toured that, those records like i know the band could have you know made some money doing 10-year anniversaries on those releases but there's a very real effort not to do it because the songwriting was so <laughs> you know uh, like looking back at it as far as like oh cringy and i wish you know there's no point in in wasting your time regretting it or being worried about early early stuff but uh it is nice that you know z2 celebrates zombie one and we can look back at zombie one and be like yeah like i don't think those songs were recorded poorly i don't think the songwriting was super um, oh no, I, I wasn't. Yeah, when I mentioned that earlier, I was talking about solely about my band. No, no, no. But yeah. but I mean, like for me, like it, it's nice being able to do that because there is so much material in our back catalog that we would yeah. not choose to celebrate. Um, Zombie One, as much as I know, I could have done a better job now as a more experienced songwriter and and uh, you know vocalist and lyricist. Um, I think uh, I think it's it stands up, but I don't mean. I don't like patting myself on the back and I don't mean to come across as arrogant by any means, but uh, zombie one is something we can stand behind for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, looking back at the old material and stuff as well, and especially with it being 11 years since zombie came out, how do you think that stands compared to the rest of Prada's back catalog? Because as I mentioned, it does seem to have that kind of cult following with a lot of your fans. 
looking back at Z1, it's, it's, it's totally cool. You know, like towards the end of last year, when we did our first two, uh, you know, online stream sets, we played through zombie one and then played through uh, the space EP and both are like, no part of it is like, Oh, this is an embarrassing moment. You know, like we, we did, uh, a few years ago, we did a 10 year anniversary tour for with roots above and branches below, which is our third LP. And while most of it is totally digestible and, you know, we can play the songs and feel honest, there are certain, certain moments where we would look at each other on stage every night and be like, this sucks. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like what you're playing oh, yeah. right now, it sucks. <laughs> um, it's, it's nice that honestly zombie isn't like that so much. I, I think that like, when I look back to uh, like on your, to, to more succinctly answer your question, like when I look back at some of the zombie parts that might be a little cringy, it's more so just like, I wish, I wish it, it could have br- like had a little more moment to breathe. Like, you know, we did the first two records and we did with roots above, which was like really Prada coming into Prada and then zombie and then dead throne. And when we did Dead Throne, it was our first time working with Adam D, producing the record, recording the record. And for me, it was the first time I ever really felt produced as a vocalist and as a musician. Um, and <laughs> I learned so much from Adam that I still take in every songwriting or recording session solely from Adam. And one of those big ones is like, dude, you got to let it breathe, let it breathe. And when we were working on dead throne it was really nice because i came to realize like oh not only is the song better when it can have a break from a vocal but i can feel better because when yeah. <laughs> like as a vocal, like i'm not just dead up there playing the song so i think that's the only really bit of regret as far as zombie one is looking at it be like yo i could have let it breathe a little more there i could have you know the phrasing could have been much better uh, but for the again for the most part i look back at zombie one and with uh with a level of admiration and pride, I think. Nice. Well, yeah, you talked about Adam D producing you there for the first time. Um, how did that come about and how did it feel having like being produced properly for the first time? Cause I know a lot of bands, well, myself included at first when we had a producer in and he was telling us to change bits of our songs. I know originally I was like, Oh, the f- like, what do you think he's doing? It's yeah. my band. You can't just come in and tell him no. But then after it, I was like, oh, no, I'm all for this. This makes complete sense. Yeah, no, I it's like to anyone, it's so important to to have an admiration for your producer or your engineer, I think, going into a session, because if you're working with someone that's like (laughs) the last thing that that's ever going to work well as a musician is if like someone is critiquing your songs and you feel like personally offended by it. And like, as a defense mechanism, you go like, well, how would you know? Like you've never recorded a good <laughs> song. Like you've never written yeah. a good song. So I think, you know, what's, what's awesome about Adam is like, you don't, I don't bring that to the table, you know, like, as someone, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm 23 at the time, 22. I forget how old I was when we started working with Adam, but it was like, you know, like this is a God in metalcore. you know, this guy wrote the book in in more than more than one way so yeah like when adam started picking apart i think some of the other members might have been a little more singed or kind of 
offended for lack of better words. I'm, I can't think of the word I'm trying to use here, but uh, for me, it, it was a lot like he knows what he's talking about. Even like if there were moments where I was like, Oh, I kind of prefer the way I would do it. I would kind of look at other songs that he had changed and say like, no, like, you know, back out, be objective, be a little less hands-on, be as objective as he has in terms of like the good of the song and um, that helps really put me in the place. So like we, we've worked with people. I, I won't mention that when they would critique the songs, you'd be like, what do you know? Like, like <laughs> John who produces the band and plays keyboards in the band and writes songs with, with us and a band member like John, he makes changes all the time and everything we do these days runs through the filter of John and what like based on that, like, you can always look at it and be like, okay, like he does know best because of X, Y, and Z, like one, two, three, here's how like he can physically list out why his idea is better for the song in like almost like a scientific or mathematic uh, manner. Um, so yeah, it, to long, long tangent here, but Adam, Adam was someone that was, it was very easily able to be like, Oh, listen to this guy. Don't try to stick. Like, don't be a, yeah you, yeah. you can't turn to Adam and be like, yeah, what the fuck? Like you've done nothing. And then he just goes, <laughs> and, and then he just goes, uh, my curse. And you go, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> one then. All right. You got fucking one. And then he goes, yeah. End of Arctic. And you go, Fuck yeah, you got to <laughs> that's, that's a right, there. Two. Anyone can do it. Anybody can flip a coin twice and it land on both things. Can you do it again? My last sound aid? Oh yeah, all no, right. carry on, carry on. No, you're alright. Delete all my vocals so far. You are right, fair play to you. Um, and my last Adam D question. Trousers or very, very small shorts in the studio? What was his, uh, his go-to leg wear? That, that is a great, that is a good question. Um, I also just realized I didn't answer you as far as how we met him. And we were just lucky enough to tour. We've toured with Killswitch twice, but the first time we toured, he was like such a great dude. And like, yeah, I'd love to work with you guys when we would like very lightly mention it. He'd be like, what? Yeah. And we're like, he'd be interested. And it worked out great. But uh, yeah, trousers. He he wore pants. Never in the <gasps> short shorts. No capes. Uh, he he was quite I was just, professional. Was, do you know what? I was going to follow it up with that. Actually, I said last question, but what about a cape? Bandana, funny wig. No, no do rags. Nothing. Uh, he actually he would bring his. <laughs> I think the funniest thing about Adam's like wardrobe in any sense was coming to the studio. He would have not like a briefcase, but like his laptop bag with his stuff. And he would carry hot sauce in it because he, <laughs> everything he eats, it has to be spicy. So like, I remember like snack times, he would have like a Triscuit cracker and he would pull his Sriracha out of his bag. And he would like, like, a you know, the Triscuit cracker is perfectly square. And he would like cover every square, like millimeter of the cracker in hot sauce and eat it as he's working on it and like while also like giving you shit about like your bad vocal take or something <laughs> like nope we're doing bad bad he is very loud he he maintains the loudness here and there but um yeah the the dude is so fucking crazy humble mm. and like genuinely kind like such a kind person as well and and generous too so like i don't have a bad thing to say about him <laughs> Good. Yeah. 
Good. Yeah, no, that, that is good to hear. And like, it's interesting to see as a whole the evolution of Prada over the years, especially recently. I mean, you know, putting out Z2, which is such a heavy release in the collection of songs. But back in 2019, with your last record, The Act, I mean, that was the first time you really had kind of commercial radio success with your track Chemical. Is it just interesting now to see for you that there's so many different sides of the band and that you're able to take it in more places than maybe you could have a few years back? Yeah, you know, my my perception has changed. You know, when we when we wrote Dead Throne, we started dabbling with like what we called jammier songs, specifically like Kansas, which is like an instrumental track, or the song Chicago, which is very like a post-hardcore vibe. Um, and then we very much carry that into um, our next record, 818. And then from there to like transit blues, it started becoming not so much like what we consider jammier songs, but just more rock songs. Um, and from transit blues to the act, our perception of rock songs is something like, um, like chemical or for me, like a song like uh, diamond lost um, in which, you know, it, it, it feels more like a, a, a rock song than anything like a metalcore song per se. But um, yeah, the, the, the biggest thing I, I really kind of proclaim about is that we like to do both. Like we yeah. like, like one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song from the act is a song called please say no. And we've had the pleasure of getting to play that song live a lot. And it's seriously besides recorded one of my prouder songs that we've ever concocted one of my favorite, more enjoyable songs to play live in that it feels like the expression and the delivery and the performance just feels so real every time. Like there's no way to play that song for me without uh, just a boatload of emotion and level of catharsis to it. Um, and I really love that. I love that giving that emotion, but at the same time, you know, we haven't really, we haven't, we've played, <laughs> Z2 songs and that, you know, we just had the stream and whatnot. But at the same time, I know that like when we go to play Nightfall live on tour, it's going to be a very different reach to me. Like the, the, it, it tugs at my soul for lack of better words in a very different way than like playing a song, like, like please say no. So it's, it's really just like the same in like, you know, of exercising a different part of your vocal range. I think it's exercising a different part of sort of like your musicianship or your, your creativity and how you wish to perform a song. So in the same way as playing the songs live is a different experience as far as like a sadness versus like an anger or aggression. I think it's the same just recording songs as far as getting to do chemical um, and, and um, enjoying and, loving and getting to play that song, but then going to the studio and saying like, all right, you're just going to bark. Can you make it till dawn a dozen times <laughs> over nightfall and whatnot? Like both are fun and uh, I get to do both. And the other guys I'm sure can say the same things in terms of guitar tones and getting to exercise and perform things in different ways. Well, you mentioned you did, you've done three streams so far. How has that been? Because I haven't, um, I haven't had the bravery to even try and get my band to an attempt to stream. Um, how did you find <laughs> it? Was it, um, was it just exactly the same for you, or was it a bit different, a bit weird? Was there anything you had to work on, or 
The so the third one that we did this past weekend was different because it was the the first time we were playing Z two. So there was a very there's less leniency there as far as playing the songs really tight. Um, usually after you play a song, you know, like Danger Wild Man, for instance, that I've played God probably oh, I haven't even thought about it, probably <laughs> six hundred times in my life or something, you know at least, you know, you're not going to play it album tight every, every time, you know, you're not a robot and I'm not, our band isn't one of those bands that tries to make songs like clockwork live. Um, they need to be played well and played tight, but there is leniency for expression, I would say. Um, so, you know, the third stream was different in that Z2 songs had to be, uh, more concise than, you know, playing with roots above front to back. We did late last year. Um, but for me, like the, the thing that I've kind of expressed it as like, I love watching stream sets online pre pandemic, like KEXP out of Seattle or audio tree in Chicago or both video series and platforms that I've enjoyed long before the pandemic. And we had the pleasure of doing an audio tree live and it was very nerve wracking. It was, it was the first like really live thing we had done. Um, in terms of like an in-studio unedited session that's going streaming straight to the internet. But with that, I love it. I love watching other bands do it. And our band isn't like a bullshit backtrack band, you know, that's playing a quarter of the live cars and the rest is on, you know, a, a, a logic rig or a computer side stage. So <laughs> we, we've, you know, we've recorded like the act is a lot recorded live anyway, and it's a full length record. So it's just another tool sort of like in the toolbox for us as far as like, if we have it, use it. Um, so we've, again, we've done sets like the audio tree set was huge for us. And I just kind of use that part of my brain to bring into the studio um, B24 in Kansas, where we've done these stream sets now. So I'm very comfortable with it we're very diligent in practice and getting it tight and critiquing ourselves. And, you know, John who really runs the show and keeps things tight has no problem saying that like Giuseppe, our drummer saying like, yo harder here, or you're, you're falling every time you're falling a little bit behind here. And if it makes the song feel this way, like Giuseppe, isn't going to hear that and say, fuck you. I quit. You know, <laughs> like, so, um, we, we've got a level of professionalism there as well as good camaraderie and good chemistry as far as, you know, not feeling slighted, um, slighted. That was the word I couldn't think of. I kept saying singed, but I meant to say slighted. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it feels good. It feels natural for us to do the stream thing. Nice. And um, earlier in the conversation, obviously, we kind of mentioned a lot of different projects you have on the side and how you're a very busy man away from the band. And there's a couple of those elements I would like to get into, especially um, your books and you being an author, because you've published quite a few different kind of styles uh, over the years, whether it be kind of short stories based off a song or collections of poetry and stuff like that. I was just wondering, really, if you can talk through your journey and experience experiences as an author kind of writing these books how do the ideas come to fruition and just really getting them published what what is that like uh um i i always considered myself more of a lyricist than a musician off the bat with the band so it's always been of great interest to me reading and writing and it informs really everything i do 
Um, and with that, I, I don't know. I, I kind of just at one point, I guess it was the late 2000s, like maybe 2008, 2009, I started like more ritualistically or more like scheduled journaling, like writing, trying to write something every day. Um, the same as a lot of songwriters will do like a song a day type projects. Um, and that basically just kind of kept rolling almost like a snowball until it accumulated enough to become something. And I ended up writing about dead throne and I basically did like a lyrical breakdown song by song, line by line, um, and self published that myself, um, in like 2012 or 2013. Um, it was, it's a very proud moment for me. I get very excited when thoughts become physical, same as like, I'm very much like a, a physical music consumer and that I love vinyl LPs and I love artwork yeah. and everything that comes outside of, you know, just, um, hearing a song. Um, so with that, I get very excited when, you know, my, my thoughts and scrambled sort of prose and poetry goes from, uh, a, a notebook to then becoming printed on a page by the hundreds or the thousands. So I've, I've self-published, a number of different things now over the course of um, the last number of years, I, I re-released the, my first book as like a kind of last rendition in terms of chronicling dead throne as a record. Um, I had a lot of people that have wanted it and I, I do very limited runs for these things. Um, and I did my last run of that, but otherwise, yeah, it's just scrambled sort of poetry and whatnot. I've written two two unfinished novels that I've yet to publish and I've been horrible about procrastinating. However, one day I hope to actually put the final touches on those. But, um, yeah, um, I kind of, I kind of hit my swings in terms of being more diligent. And then other times I get more busy with prog projects that are much more physical, like even something like woodworking, I really enjoy or, or fixing up my house. I like these tasks and sometimes it's like I can't force myself to sit down and write something. And then other times, you know, the, the ideas really flow. So it's just always having something to do, something to keep busy with. Yeah. How, how hard is it to self publish a book? Eh? Not, that I've, <laughs> not that I've ever got the fucking, that's the last thing anybody wants from me is a fucking book. But I just wondering for people listening who are like, that's super interesting. Yeah. How does that come about? Like, it, uh, it's almost... Is it like CD manufacturing? Like, you've got the book there on your computer, <laughs> USB, to just then send that to... It actually... Know, Gary, it all, the bookmaker? It all... <laughs> Gary, I got another one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it, it's, it's not unlike that, really, you know? It's not so much like bouncing out a Photoshop file or a AI to the, the screen printer and saying, like, hey, make this T-shirt in sizes... 10 smalls, 15 mediums, 20 larges, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm very bad with computers, um, which doesn't help. But basically <laughs> it's just formulating, it's taking the ideas, you know, I always like printing out my work and editing it on paper with a pen versus like just sitting on a laptop. And I basically just do that a few times over an idea and then, you know, update on the computer and then you format it as like a PDF and all this. And then I, I work with a company in New Jersey that's been really um, just amazing all around as far as like 
taking my my files and saying okay you need to clean this up this up because again <laughs> like if you put photoshop in front of me and say like hey make a white border around this picture i'm going to be like on youtube for 20 minutes to do the most <laughs> basic thing in the world so but yeah um it, there are a lot of different options i've even kind of shopped around looking at other options as far as publishing but it's really not all that unlike you know having an ep and getting it cds made or cassettes made uh just a, a different format different means of media mm. no I, but I, I know books uh, books are really a big part of your life and that really at the end of every year you normally post a recap of things you've been reading on your social media pages and stuff is there anything in particular at this currently at this current time that you've been checking out that you think maybe people would uh enjoy or worth them giving a read yeah um <laughs> i i haven't been reading a whole ton i'm reading a book right now called the unbearable lightness of being by moon uh, milan kundera um i believe born czech republic uh, but moved to France early on, but, um, it's been really good. Uh, a contemporary novel. I don't know if it came out this year or last year, but it was a book called we run the tides based on, it's not like a coming of age story, but about a young woman in the Bay area some years ago. Um, but that was one of the more recently published books that I've really loved. I believe the author's name is Venda La Vida. Um, but, uh, yeah, we run the tides is a really good one. I think that I've, I've texted friends about no matter what sort of literature you're into. That's one I, I can definitely propose. Yeah. And as both, as both a consumer and, uh, artist, like what is the different parallels you get from kind of books and poetry compared to music and writing lyrics is there kind of a big difference for you both creatively and just kind of consuming both of those like how, how different is it for you um i've i mentioned earlier that literature is always writing and reading and writing has informed everything i do i think that consuming is informs everything um, there are people even close in my life that are very like, they make a lot of music, but don't listen to a lot, which is fine. You know, p there are a lot of great writers that don't really read a whole lot, I suppose. Or, but, um, for me, consuming is always more important than producing. Um, okay. and just that I try to, I think it adds needed perspective and knowledge that that's so important. So it, it is different, but, um, when I was a kid, I like early on, I, I loved Edgar Allan Poe, like scary stories really spoke to me and, um, more coming to age or when I was more in my teen years, um, I started reading a, a lot of Stephen King and I still enjoy Stephen King here and there, but I remember like an introduction to one of his books he had written, he had spoken of how for like, I'm going to mess up what his quote was, but it was along the lines or it was basically like for every 10 hours that you create something, you need to spend a hundred hours consuming something or, you know, like if you write for one hour a day, you know, you should be reading six to 10 hours a day or something like that. Um, and it's not to say that that's automatic or that's necessary for everyone, but um, it's sort of a, a model that that which guides my my creative process for sure 
Yeah, no, that's definitely really interesting to hear. And along the lines of all those other projects as well, we know you're a massive fan of hockey, and you've even got your own uh, clothing line with the uh, Hawkshaw Hockey Club. Tell us uh, a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I am a, a huge hockey nut. I love sports generally. I'm mm. I'm a real jock. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I basically during the pandemic saw saw something that. Um, I wanted to create something that, that kind of fit in, in an area that I didn't see necessitated by any other part of, of hockey or hockey culture um, and trying to promote the game by means of inclusivity and, and basically better design than what I see. I see like hockey is very real culturally and there's a, such a huge community to the game and a lot of it is very funny. But what I was kind of seeing is that it was either like super violent and brutal or super like jokey and immature. And I wanted to create something that like that kind of speaks to alternative culture, but also just really exceptional quality. So uh, my good friend, Anthony and I were the first and our, our good friend, Luke, is also a part of our company at Hacksaw Hockey and and basically creating apparel that um, that speaks to the player utmost quality um and it's it's been really fun so far it, it it it's another means of me to be involved with the game that i really really love um if i could be on the ice playing for every waking hour i would be <laughs> i'm an old man so that wouldn't even even if that was an option i my body wouldn't be able to handle it physically <laughs> but um are you a good skater then i'm okay i'm i'm i i, I I don't want to toot my own horn or pump my own tires too much, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a good hockey player. I'm not the best by any stretch, but I love it. I, it's, it's one of my favorite things about any day, whether it's watching a game or even more so actually getting to play myself. So um, that's more, it's, 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 almost, it's, it's almost like creativity and how it exercises your brain. Um, and uh, it's been a huge part of my life in more recent years. I played as a kid. I kind of fell out of it for a long time. I've always been a huge fan. But now that I actually play very regularly, it's it's very much a part of my personality and my routine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sport I've really admired for years, especially because I've always think of the fact that like not only have you got to be talented and gifted, you know, as in the field of the game, but you've got to learn how to ice skate at the same time. I mean, wow, like that talk about two talents into one. <laughs> it's it's I think to, to ice skating, it's it's just like anything, it's about positioning, but um in terms of just like it's almost like if you were in a field or something and you had like a cone in the middle of the field and you had to run backwards, sideways, you know, forward, side to side, like anyone it's doing that, but it's a little trickier when you're not running, but navigating <laughs> position, not like, not just the lines as far as offsides, I see, you know, making smart plays and being defensively minded as well. But also there's another team that's trying to ruin your day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true that is true <laughs> but you, yeah i do find the sports would be a lot less fun if you didn't have opposition <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, i was the hockey today oh one again oh yeah was it hundred nil oh no. <laughs> you play nobody. we don't play anybody anymore <laughs> oh wow 
Uh, but with all that, Mike, just a couple of things um, I wanted to ask you before we let you go. I have noticed that you have been teasing a little bit online that of this over this last year, you've been very loosely writing material for what you're thinking of calling a solo project, possibly maybe rumblings to something in 2022. What can you tell us about that at the moment? Is it just small ideas for a different kind of project? Yeah, it, it's it's mostly just uh, I wouldn't say it's like creating expectation, but it's just really um, a different exercise than anything in terms of songwriting with Prada. Um, it's like writing uh, a short poem that no one likes versus writing a novel that you want to be on, you know, the a bestsellers list. It's, it's, uh, it's just exercising a very different part of my creative spirit and, and I don't want to say intelligence, but exercising a different part of my brain. So it's more to the music I regularly consume. Um, it's, it's falling in love with like uh, Scott Walker and my always never ending love of Nick Cave and, and even earlier stuff like early Swan stuff, even more recent Swan stuff. Um, just different music that I really love and that a different reason to go into a studio and spend time with different friends that are working on music with me. So it's, it's really fun. I, I haven't been in the studio since early this year, unfortunately, but, um, things have been very, very hectic in Prada world and, um, and in my personal life generally. So I haven't been able to, to get to it too much, but, um, yeah, we'll see how the rest of this summer looks. Mason, who plays uh, bass in the Devil Wars Prada, um, has been a part of this project, and he just moved. He was in Salt Lake City, and now he's in Kansas City, which is uh, about <laughs> much, much closer to me here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> we we work and record in Chicago, just south of me. So the fact that he's a little bit closer is really cool. But um, my friend Andy, who... How, um... Yeah, how close is close? Bear in mind, you know we're in the UK, and UK, UK crowds will complain about having to drive for 30 minutes to come and see you. So how far away is your nearest band member to you? That's true. That's very true. Um, you know, in Prada, it would have to be Kansas City, which is like an eight- or nine-hour drive, I think. Eight-hour drive. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've got band rehearsal after this, right? Genuinely now, after this, as soon as we finish, I, I've got to jump in my car, and I've got to drive 45 minutes to Cardiff, right, to rehearse with other three members of my band. And I'm angry. I'm angry inside and having to do that, right? Eight fucking hours. You may as well live in a different country. That's, that's not... <laughs> Yeah, that's they, like somebody you living in living in I don't know the bottom of France. <laughs> you got a ferry, ferry over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's it, mad, isn't it? We still maintain that, like in Prada world, we still maintain a very in-person experience when it comes to songwriting, but it's a little different. Um, you know, we we hash out a lot of demos online between just sending stuff back and forth and. Again, I'm very, very bad with computers, so it's all to the detriment of John as as we work out songs that he gets the shittiest quality demo of me saying like, okay, here's the <laughs> lyric, here's me talking over the song, and I send it to him, but he's so talented 
he he totally gets what <laughs> what <laughs> I can do when I have when he's actually properly recording it versus me handling it. And like, yeah, it's like it's like a four out of ten. Some of the things I send him as far as a demo, but he's like, yeah, I, I get what I get what this is going to be. Um, so yeah, to send it in whispered voice notes, right? Yeah, this bit's the heavy bit. It's <laughs> it's it's pretty much that early on. But we're we're also very well prepared when we go to the studio as far as having good demos that we can sit, you know, and pa- pick apart and say, okay, pull the back half of that chorus out, and you know, these guys are so good that they can just with Pro Tools or Logic to just say, okay, now it's out. Let's listen to the song this way, and like, okay, put it back in, but pull the vocal out, and like click click tap tap and it's that way so those guys deserve all the credit for that and that's a a part of songwriting rather Mm. than you know uh the flight is quick it's like an hour and a half flight i'm not driving eight hours Um, (laughs) yeah that's that's much better yeah (laughs) still still i wouldn't do that it's it's so mad right when you think about it like people in america were like like you guys now you're you're in a massive band the closest one's eight hours apart I'm not in a massive band and I cannot be asked to travel for 45 minutes. Like it's just mental. Did you, did you record uh, Z2 um, like individually or did you manage to get together too? No, we, 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 for the most caught, yeah, most part got together, but I wasn't around for guitar, bass or drum tracking because we did this quite a while ago earlier in the pandemic where vaccines were still a, distant aspiration a dream yeah Yeah. uh so it was mostly just testing and keeping our bubbles tight as far as like three of the band members are all in kansas city now and a lot of our very close friends are in kansas city so as much as you want to have so and so and like a few of our merch guys present you know coming by and having beers or coffee or lunch when we're tracking like it was basically like sorry no we got to keep like you know there's the engineer there's two assistants uh and then the band so i actually never saw giuseppe our drummer or mason our bass player during tracking um they were they came in they got the rhythms down and then jeremy and i came in and got the vocals in and john and kyle just navigating all of that so we did all record in person but it wasn't as much of a recording in person like the act was where we had like an airbnb and we're all together in the studio every day Hmm. And with all that, Mike, obviously it's going to be extremely busy for you as always going forward. Z2 is coming out now. You've got um, possible solo material for us to look forward to sometime in the future and those novels you mentioned. But is there anything else we should be keeping our eyes and ears peeled for? Anything else you'd like to plug or mention at all? Uh, as much as I always get so excited for you know little things and like hacksaw hockey or, you know, writing solo material or releasing books of poetry. Um, I think if, if hopefully the band is touring again sooner and later, it's just going to be <laughs> the Devil Wars Prada a thousand percent in my life. So, um, yeah, I, I look forward to Z2 dropping here soon. I, I hope it means we can get overseas again. Getting to be overseas is genuinely probably top two favorite part of playing in the Death Wars Prada is getting to see <laughs> Europe and getting to travel. Um, 
so we'll see how that What's looks. number one? Then, wait, wait, you can't just give us number two and then not tell us what number one is. <laughs> I, I would, I, no, I, I, think, I think... I hope number one's something... I hope so, number one's something mad, like, oh, number one's crack cocaine. <laughs> oh, well, nobody's yeah, expecting exactly. that. Yeah. I get to do so many drugs playing in the band. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't... I, uh, I make that joke and now it's going to backfire at me. No, no it's not. It's not. People, people, people know. We, people yeah, know. We, we keep telling... <laughs> We keep telling people on here that backstage is just Wi-Fi codes. There's no strippers. There's no drugs. Yeah, it's just yeah. People know by now. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Um, especially in a, a boring band such as ours, where everyone's in relationships. It's all Banzo, isn't it? It's literally, all, yeah. like, literally. <laughs> since Motley Crue, like I think about all the time. All the time I spent backstage places, right? I reckon I saw I saw a stripper once, and it was my birthday that they got a stripper for. <laughs> I never like I I was lucky enough to tour with loads of massive bands, and never once was there a stripper or cocaine or uh, any of that stuff going on. So yeah, sorry to ruin it for anybody listening now, and I've just shattered their entire universe. I'm so sorry about that. Um, if it helps, uh, pretend it does. Pretend it does happen. Yeah, but, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like it never happens, but. Um. Yeah. Yeah, nothing like that. I'd, I'd say that my top two are just getting to travel the world and just being in studios, being in studios and recording. Nice. Well, it can be the most like degrading thing in the world. And, you know, when you've got three songs left in three days and your voice is feeling like a six out of 10, maybe, um, it's. Uh, that good? <laughs> yeah, I wish mine was a six out of, six that, yeah, out of ten. That, that's not the Whoa. best time in a studio, but getting to be in studios is still, and just like playback moments and whatnot is still, I'd say, up there. Mm. I'm probably forgetting something huge, but getting to travel <laughs> and getting to be in studios are two of my favorite pros nice. Nice. Well, of the job. Yeah. Before, we f- yeah, before we finish, we, um, we like asking people in bands about... Um, is there a moment that you remember where you met somebody or one of your heroes or somebody you've been inspired by? And um, yeah, just tell us about that moment. You're bound to have. You're bound to have met some of your heroes. Um, you know, one good one actually wasn't too long ago, maybe two years ago or three years ago, but the tour was... Shoot, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. But it was every time I die, Mastodon and Coheed here in the States. Um, Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and now I'm forgetting. I'm pretty sure it was Mastodon playing. But Mastodon was playing one of their records front to back. And I I think it was Crack the Sky. Love, love that record. Um, But uh, a good buddy is a guitar tech for Coheed. Every time I die are good friends of ours. And um, a bunch of us were in town in Chicago for the show and they were having like a barbecue afterwards. Uh, the drummer of Mastodon, I think his name was Troy, was throwing and he was just barbecuing for everyone. And I ended up hanging out with uh, uh, like Brent from Mastodon and um, one of the fucking greatest guitar players, I think, in, in our world, hands down. Um, and I remember him just being like, why is your fucking band called that? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> we're all like, I'm hammered. Why is your band called that? <laughs> that like, oh yeah, you got a fucking sick band name and we're called the devil Wears brother. So what? <laughs> no, it, it yeah. definitely like, um, I, I, I love Mastodon. 
uh, getting to be around those guys, some of the Coheed guys is really cool via my buddy, Kevin, who's been guitar teching for that band for a long time. So that was one of the more recent experiences as far as like another upside to, to the gig was getting to hang out at the after party. And again, yeah, just like talking to some of the, those guys and they're all like big men and the Devil's Prada <laughs> were all like these short little, like our band, we joke about it. We've gotten shorter and shorter over the years <laughs> in, in our, our current lineup. But uh, that was stuff. That was a few years ago. That was that was a really fun night. Nice. Well, yeah. Another thing you could say is that you've purposefully made the band, the new band members, be smaller, so it costs. So you you have more money for luggage spaces to travel <laughs> over here then because they fucking love saying you can't take a guitar on a flight. Yeah, I mean, no one. No one wishes you were bigger when you're in the in a bus and you're going through bunk alley and you've got to go butt to butt to squeeze by in the bunks. Like, yep. oh, all no. is better. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, and a big tall fella whose feet have to stick out the bottom of the bunk. Yep. And you're the bunk further down, so when you stick your head out in the morning, it's just a big old pair of gammony feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, thank you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna kick the rest of my members out of my band now and just hire smaller people in. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> a bad idea. Going forward, I think. But yeah, well, well, thank you so so much for doing this. Yes. Um, didn't think we'd end on gammony feet, but I have no, enjoyed this I conversation. <laughs> Funnily enough, I did. I've written it down because <laughs> I knew it would. Gammony feet, bingo. Cross that uh, off. Gammony feet. Yes! Did it, Mog. But it. thank you so much, Mike. It's been a great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck with the uh, new release and all these amazing projects. And hopefully we'll be able to speak to you in person and sometime soon. No, I appreciate it, guys. I, I had a blast here. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I hope to be over there soon. And uh, yeah, have a lovely evening, fellas. Yes. yes! Yes, 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 Thank you very much to Mike <laughs> for coming on and having a, a really, really lovely, lovely chat with him. I'll be honest, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Um, not not because there's anything going on behind the scenes or anything. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> I just, I didn't know because I'd never really spoken to him before. But yeah, it was a lovely, lovely chat and um, he seems like a top human and um, I hope that's true and it stays that way forever. Yes, you do seem to get a little bit more nervous when one of us hasn't had an interaction with the guest before, but it's just nice the nature of the podcast has become that show and we can talk to strangers and make new friends with them. Yeah, well, yeah, the worry is that sometimes I wonder if the guest remembers the blackout and um ultimately if they remember me and if they are going to come in with um instant hatred ah. which is what i imagine all the time but luckily luckily and this is across the board <laughs> most people have forgotten about the blackout <laughs> so and the fact that my hair isn't bright blonde anymore That's i think true. that also helps as well because otherwise people go are you that tit from that band <laughs> so um yeah it was fucking lovely to talk to mike yes. congratulations to them z2 mm-hmm. um is uh Crushing. It's very, very heavy. Very heavy. Oof. Yes, if you like your metal very, very heavy, please go and check that <laughs> Who out. Who doesn't? Right, who's going? Do you know what? <laughs> well, nah. No, well, I like my metal light. Who's the lightest metal band? Well, go on, Mug. Right, it is a controversial one, but it's baby metal, light metal, because even though there's hard breakdown bits, then there's very light choruses. There's pop, poppy choruses. So is that I light almost- metal? 
I almost don't even count them as a rock band anymore. <laughs> um, because well, that's, because that's... it's just, yeah, it's just Japanese pop singing. The music could be anything for them, for baby metal. Mm. It could be fucking ska. <laughs> it could be fucking techno. It could be happy hardcore. It could, it could be anything. But it just so happens whoever was writing those songs from just so happened to be a metalhead. I don't think the girls in baby metal know anything. I, I, do you know what? I'm putting it out there right now. Oh, here we are. Here we go. None of the girls in baby metal know anything about metal. And that's not sexism. That's just because I think they've been put together as a manufactured act. If they turn out to be a band, right? that have been a band for 200 years together and they play pubs and there's photos of them turns out that they, of them playing tiny little gigs when it was just four girls and a fucking load of long-haired metalers. Fair enough. But I don't think a single person's going to find a fucking gig the Baby Metal did before they were in an arena or on a massive stage. Fair. Fair, I'm not disagreeing with you, but going back to my point, if you like your metal heavy, go and check out Z2, Z2, whatever you want to call it. And as well, I would recommend going listening to the Devil Wears Prada's 2019 album, The Act. I think that is absolutely wonderful, opened up a lot of new doors for the band and crosses genres a lot as well. So that's my recommendation of the podcast. Yes, and I'd just like to clear up, those were the thoughts of Sean. Sean Smith of Sapping <laughs> Podcast with Sean Smith, not the Devil Wears Prada, right? I don't want the Devil Wears Prada end up getting a fight with Baby Metal because of me. Um, let Baby Metal fight me if they've got to fight anyone. Right, so Sean is officially inviting Baby Metal onto the podcast to have a fight off, I guess. A war of words. That's, that's more uh, appropriate. I I'm not opposed to a fist fight, mind. I'm not opposed mm. to a fist fight. I'm... Um, I'm all about equality. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, Right. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. I think we've just been (laughs) cancelled. But just quickly to mention as well, uh, after updating everything going on with Prada, uh, they have just released a new Twitch channel. Go and check that out. And if you wanted more information on any of Mike's books, hockey, memorabilia, or anything like that, head over to his social media and the clothing company is called Hacksaw Hockey Club, which has some very, very nice stuff. So I recommend to go and check that out as well. And while you're on the internet having a look at some things, doing some research, having a little gander, why not head over to vote.heavymusicawards.com and please get your votes in while you can for somehow we have been nominated in the best podcast category at this year's awards yes we are now award nominated podcast mm. it's happening podcast from now on that's awesome and i'm gonna change my fucking linkedin after this now <laughs> i just realized i make myself look better on linkedin oh do you have you got a linkedin do you know what I, I really need to get on that i started making an account i was probably 15 I don't know. Do you need to get on it? Because I, I don't think you do. I've been on it for years, right? <laughs> I have never been offered a single fucking job from it, right? <laughs> Nobody's even fucking contacted. It's basically like MySpace 9, right? Where loads of people you know just add you and connect you and then go, yeah, you can do that. What do you, you can do that. What do you post on it, co- Like, do people post, like, regular updates? You post, like, tweets and fucking photos no, and, like, pe- what, what no, do... People are, it's, all, it's all people bragging about their jobs. Like, oh, this week I did this. And I'm like, oh, cool, nice, brat. Um, 
yeah, cool. But yeah, it's just celebrate Morgan Richards being with um, fatcocks.com for four years or whatever. You know, like that's what it'll say. Oh, like, right. it'll come up, like, why okay. not? You know, and I know you've been with fatcocks.com way longer now, but I couldn't yeah. think of a time. Well, I'm, I'm an OG. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm an OG in the fatcock game. Where did they come up with fatcock? I wonder if fat. I'm gonna have a look. Is fatcock.com? Let me write. Here we go. Fat, fat, fatcock.com. I hope my. Right, let's have a look. Oh, it's a website, mate. Rate my cock. It is. Oh no. Oh, turn on your webcam. No, I don't want no, no cock. <laughs> Guys, don't go to fatcock.com. I was. Um, I made a grave error there. Um, but Morgan was the first picture I saw, so that was strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the poster boy, apparently. But don't go to that website. Head to vote.heavymusicawards.com oh, yeah. and please cast your votes. Voting closes on July the 14th. That's this Wednesday at 5pm UK time. Um, please, please, please vote for us. Uh, if we win, it'll be fucking mad. It's just nice to be nominated as a finalist in these awards and have some recollection of uh, all the hard work we've been doing over the last two and a half years of this bloody podcast uh, week in and week out. I think you used the wrong out. word, Dan. Use the wrong word, Dan. You said I... recollection. Uh, um, well, so what are you looking for? Rec, 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 res, rec, 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 recognition. That's there it. you go. Professional we talkers. We fucking got it. We get a better at this. So we are getting better. So we take us 137 weeks, mate. Yeah. But you know what? We're event. I reckon one day we're going to do a show, right? Where neither of us cocks up a word. <laughs> I doubt it. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> anyway, check out fatcocks.com. No, don't check out. Um, yeah. Um, is there any more? before I keep mentioning making up websites that end up being actual websites. Right, if we're mentioning websites, head over to twitter.com forward slash sappeninpod, instagram.com forward slash sappeninpod. Give us a follow and like and all those, whatever you do on those. Head over to patreon.com forward slash sappening as well. That's the most important one to join our wonderful community. There's loads of extra bonus content, interviews, podcasts, playlists videos good laughs and you get to meet your new best friends and just connect with people everyone's trying to sort a kind of meetups and what gigs they'll be going to when the world hopefully gets back to normal safely let's not get into that because that's scary as fuck as it is um but we would like you to go and join our wonderful community please patreon.com forward slash that then yes we gotta stop begging um, yeah. because uh, it annoys people. So, uh, yes, yes. Check out our Patreon. Please rate, subscribe, like this podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Please share it in your Instagram stories. I cannot stress how much you just giving it a simple retweet does for us. It fucking literally means the world and might get more eyes and someone who doesn't even know about the podcast or doesn't realise that one of their favourite band members has been on a podcast, and that's bound to have happened because we've literally had bands from fucking all walks of life. So we have definitely interviewed someone you love, and I bet, and I bet that we've got an episode the way you don't know the person, but the story is fucking fascinating. I bet we have, because I know we have. So yeah, please share, rate, subscribe where possible. We appreciate you all very, very much, and hopefully we will be back next week with another episode.
Yes, yes, we will. But, uh, yeah. Well, you say yes, we will. That's not guaranteed. <laughs> but, but just get it out there as much as you can, even if you go to fatcox.com or wherever Sean said. Just talk to them about it. You never know. You might get some <laughs> more listeners. Yeah, if you go on your webcam <laughs> on fatcox.com, right, please just keep going, hey, guys. Oh, uh, put that away. Go to uh, check out Sapling Podcast. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, I can't know. believe it. But what yeah, we should let's go. What we need to me- what we need to mention before we wrap things up. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names in there. We need to thank from our Patreon to help make this thing happen each and every week. And as we normally do, Sean is going to give a massive shout out to the elite members of our community. Those are the ones and the Patreon with the top tiers. And let's see what they say. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yes, thank you very much to the saviours in this list. Uh, thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leeway, Mikey McDonald's, McMuffin Buns, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kelly Young, Dilly Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Scooby Drew Styles, Paul Urshfield, Liam Connolly, Kelly Ewing, Kat Best and Sammy G., Amardina Barno, Shani Meyer Boxer Anderson, Tony Michael, Captain Hannibal, Amy Campion, Murray Grimwood, Jenny Robinson, Johnny Phillips, Mike Oxmall. Fuck. Nice one, Scott. Scott Jones has got me there by admitting. Anyway, um, Tom Owen, thank you very much. Caitlin Richards, Caroline Robinson, Kate Stevenson, Danny Eaton, Jenny Munster, Lucy Diaz, Emily Senegals, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Becky Handy, Handy Louis Cook, Jason Heredia. Um, which is not a million miles away from this week's guest's name. Marcy Jacobson, Sharifa Wadali, Carl Pendlebury, Kelly Cannon, Livy Cropper, Kevin Clark, James McNaught, Stuart McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Craig, I probably did something stupid to download. Please don't remind me, Harris. Yeah, you didn't change your name. Um, it's been three weeks. Chris Howard, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, why did the scapegoat win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. Chris? Uh, thank you very much. Alice Wood, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Mark Jones, Amy Chilvers, Reese Vote, Sapling at the Every Music Awards, Bowring. My man! Yes, Reese. That's a fuck. You appearance have given you the best middle name I've ever heard. <laughs> Jacob Turner, <laughs> Katrina, are ghosts actually saying boobs? 
Robinson. Um, I don't know. I don't think they exist. And last by no means least, Connor Lewins. Thank you very much to those people. You keep this going and everybody involved with our Patreon does. We love you and appreciate you so, so, so much. This has been Sapling Podcast, episode 137, with Mike from The Devil Wears Prada. We out this bitch. Sapling! Sapling! You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.